Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly and I'm Philippa B. I'm joined by Jeremy Smith. Hi Jez. Hello. And Rich Allen. Hi Rich. Good evening. So we've got a bit of admin to run through um, to start with. Um, who's going where? Uh, also of course France played uh, last night and also the Women's Champions League but then we're going to get on to the main part of the podcast which will be our picks for the team of the year. So with no further ado, um, in the playoffs uh, Grenoble are up to Ligue 2 joining Red Star and Béziers after beating Borg uh, 2-1 on aggregate in the playoff there and in the Ligue 1, Ligue 2 playoff Toulouse are staying up after beating um, AC Ajaccio 4-0 on aggregate. They took the first leg 3-0 away, in inverted commas, at Mosson, uh, behind closed doors, where the match was being played after the trouble that was uh, evident at Ajaccio in their match against La Havre in the previous round. So Max Allen Gradel, Christophe Julien and Yaya Sonogo scored in the first leg and it was a late goal from Jimmy Dumas in the second leg, which makes it 4-0 to Toulouse. They are staying up. Uh, slightly interesting uh, club communique was published earlier, which basically said, yes, we've been a shambles for several seasons. We're going to try to do something about that, which I'm sure all of Toulouse fans are uh, are pleased with. I think most of the neutrals are happy it's turned out that way rather than a Jatio coming up after what's happened recently. Jez, would you would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm not had it been against anyone else, I think Toulouse have sort of run out of lives and luck, but yeah, certainly. Yeah. So uh, we've also had the Toulon tournament has started at the weekend, which is uh, nominally an under-20 tournament. There are some slightly older teams playing in it, but France steadfastly sticks to it being an under-20 tournament. And they started very well with a 4-1 win over South Korea. Goals from Valenciennes, pair of players Steve Ambry and Jordan Tell. Jordan Tell getting a brace and Wilfred Kanga of Angers getting uh, the third goal. Um, the career goal was a penalty. It was a fairly physical performance from uh, from France. So France go on to play Scotland on Wednesday and will be playing Togo on Saturday looking to make it to the final day which I will be going to as is traditional to see if I end up in a hotel in a small provincial southern French town with another uh, team from the tournament. Um, We've also had the final game in Division 1 for the women's teams. Oh, well, of one, obviously. Um, But they did drop points uh, against PSG with a nil-nil draw in game 21. Um, PSG therefore getting second place and the second Champions League spot on 56 points. Montpellier putting in a brave performance, but dropping a couple of points they didn't need to, to come in third. So next year's Champions League teams will be 
Lyon and PSG. And on Thursday, we're going to have the final of the Coupe de France Feminine, which will be OL versus PSG. If anyone's seeing a theme, please write in. We can't spot it. So the other big game which happened And it's um, Lobulo's last game. Yes. Oh, bless her. I love that. She's a wonderful player. Um, So the other big game, which also featured a bit of a cracking goodbye, uh, was the Women's Champions League, which happened on last Thursday, which Awell won 4-1 against uh, VfL Wolfsburg, the German champions. It didn't look like it was going to be that scoreline when it finished nil-nil after 90 minutes, but it was an absolutely chaotic uh, period of extra time. Um, Jez, you were mostly uh, tweeting about Amandine Henry uh, during the game. Would you like to um, just elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, overall, I think it wasn't the most exhilarating 90 minutes. I think Lyon probably did edge it, but um, didn't really create, I mean, apart from one arguable, arguable goal. Which, it was over um, the line. It was over the uh, line. <laughs> yeah, so on that basis as well, they, they probably deserved deserved the win after 90. But, you know, within extra, an extra time, Wolfsburg, who I think had played a lot more recently and possibly gone to extra time maybe in the German Cup. I'm not sure. They had a, mm-hmm. they certainly uh, physically tired very, very quickly, yet took the lead against the run of play. And then... Uh, I don't want to say it's the turning point because it did, for those reasons, it did feel like Lyon could still come back into it. But almost immediately after Germany's goal, um, Alexandra Pop was sent off for them. Um, it was for a second yellow, but I thought it was a disgraceful foul that deserved a red um, in its own right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, pretty much within five or six minutes, um, Lyon went from a goal down to a uh, woman up and I... two or three goals up. I think it was nine minutes uh, for all of the goals, uh, all of the goals for Lyon. Yeah, it was Pernil Harder got the goal three minutes into added time. Pop then got sent off and then it, Wolfsburg just seemed to collapse. I mean, Amandine only got the first, Eugenie Lozoma the second, the, the um, kind of epic that is Ada Hegerberg got the third and then this is this is the bit that you know you'd write if you were making this a TV movie. Uh, Lazama was taken off for Kamiabili, who is retiring, although going to still be a part of the OL setup. We understand. Um, and two minutes later, she got the fourth. It was, you know, I was I was slightly weepy at that point. I think well, one... arguably the real star was Van der Zenden, who came on and set yeah. up three of the four goals yeah um she's like you know make me a substitute yes i will prove my worth um yeah she was uh she was wonderful coming on uh coming on at the end um and on on ori i just thought i mean i always think she's fantastic i was you know we may talk later about how i would start with Tedisto ahead of pogba i think i'd start with amandine ori ahead of pogba in the men's team as well yeah i was, um, uh, was when were you discussing possible teams of the year i just had ol written down in big letters and then you know calmed down a bit but then the other thing with ori I, I think she was there was a 
bit where she was sort of kicked in the face twice in a couple of minutes and just completely got on with the game. And then um, another point, Buadi and Lucy Bronze collided with each other. Buadi was clearly in pain but carried on, and it turned out she, she played She's extra time with a broken hand. hand. Now so I... there's certainly some uh, male players who can learn from some of the stoicism on showing that match. Well, yes, I'd say that, but also I was furious with Bahadi to be fair because she has this massive collision with Lucy Bronze who gets smacked in the head but manages to continue Bahadi continues she clearly couldn't use one hand in extra time she was saying she was she reaching to use her hands anyway <laughs> that's possibly a fair point but I mean she was <laughs> reaching across herself to, to to get other things out you got um you know, the reserve goalkeepers warming up, going, why the hell is she still on the pitch? If that had hit penalties, if it had stayed nil-nil or just 1-1 and it had gone to penalties and she'd had to dive and she'd done herself more, we would have had, what, an outfield player in goal? You can't make substitutions during a, a penalty shootout. That, it struck me as being a bit of a dereliction of duty, perhaps, on that front, but you know, by 16 minutes into into extra time, they were 4-1 up. So I suppose you think, well, we're not going to lose it. That's not going to become an issue from here. But I was really worried, given how close the finals between these two teams have been in the past, that they would have been left in a situation where if Bahadi couldn't continue, it would have been, I don't know who, Kumagai possibly having to pick up the gloves and get in a penalty shootout, which would have been ridiculous. So it did work out okay, but my word, there were some nerves, uh, some nerves in there. So, uh, yes, it was um, just the first 90 minutes, as you say, was quite attritional. I think I well edged it, but, you know, um, Wolfsburg had some, some good attacks. I think Griegenbach did a fabulous job in defence, cutting things out. Um, she was uh, always back and always there and uh, putting Schultz under pressure. Of course, Schultz is the, the German goalkeeper, um, so she's a, a very good pair of hands, but just in extra time, oh well, ran absolutely rampant there. So they have their three-peats. All these people talking about Real Madrid. OL did it first, and I thought there was a there was a lovely tweet from Wendy Renner um, to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, just going, "Hey, join the five, join the Fiverr club." Basically, he, um, I think he's the first player to win five Champions Leagues in the men's game, or something. And then there were, you know, tweets from all of the Lyon players who'd done that too. So that was. Uh, that was great. So we'll see them in uh, the Champions League next year, of course, with PSG. Let's see who wins the Coupe de France on Thursday. I'm going to bet it's going to be OL. Um, but a really, really brilliant performance at the end from arguably the best club side in the world, I think. I'm not sure we, anyone would argue with me on that one. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. So moving on, um, the... Other big game we had recently was, of course, France 2, Republic of Ireland 0. Goals from Olivier Giroud and Nabil Fekir in a shitload of rain, frankly. Um, Jez, 
what would you say we we learned from that game other than please put you know wet weather tires on all of uh, all of the french forwards um i think that it was in some ways it's difficult to judge because the the weather was really bad and so were ireland but um <laughs> there were definitely some things to take out of it um sidibi and, and mendy both look um fit which is good um mendy is got some really good reviews which i'm a bit surprised at because i still thought he looked a bit um dodgy in defense but again still still good going forward Tolisso, i thought was was man of the match and you know that there really is sort of growing cool for him to um to start in in the world cup if not um at pogba's expense possibly alongside pogba um there's you know there's lots of talk about uh, formations again. Apparently, this is the first time since two th- since the Euros that um, Deschamps has gone with the four three three for two matches in a row. Um, and I thought it worked really well this time. I think Fekir looked like he he, he really is a, a good ready made replacement, even though they're not exactly the the same kind of player for for Griezmann. And you know, it sort of morphed a lot into a diamond four four two with him mm. behind. Um, Giroud and Mbappe and I thought it, it seemed to work really well Mbappe was bright a little bit too selfish at times which I think is something that's a growing concern but um, not yet a, a very serious one Giroud was Giroud a couple of decent half chances missed but he still scored his goal really good link up play with with Fekir and Mbappe so um, there's no it's not such a big important match that um, there's going to be any sort of uh, world-changing conclusions to draw from it, but a, a good start to the sort of pre-World Cup run um, with a few nice positives to, to hopefully build on. Yeah, I think um, this felt a bit like it was the change-up game. Obviously, Mandanda start were, was played in goal. Steven Zonzi was played in midfield. Talisa got a chance and, as you say, took that chance with both hands and ran with it, uh, which was nice to see. We also had Blaise Matuidi uh, in midfield and Fekir kind of on the wing and then you know, just sorting himself out, as you say, to because that's maybe not his best position. Um, so maybe Friday's game against Italy will be a more uh, indicative game of how things might go at the World Cup. Um my feeling there is that that will be one where we do see the kind of the holding mids coming a bit more. Maybe this will be a Pogba-Kante situation. Try to get the defence organised a bit um, a bit more. So it'll be interesting to see who's played there, but uh, the Italy game on Friday might be a bit more instructive uh, as to how things are going to go from there. Um, so any more on France? Other than you know memes about doing Rabio. No, I think we'll save it. Yeah, there was some yeah. some quite good jokes about the weather and Rabio, but um, we'll save the rest for next week. I yeah, I I thought Deschamps most of the time just looked like kind of the captain of a of a fishing boat that isn't making its quota. Uh, he was absolutely drenched in that anorak for uh, a large proportions of the match. Anyway, so we'll move on to our teams of the year now first up are we going to flip a coin for what formation is being played 
<laughs> Rich, what is your preferred formation? <clears throat> um, mine is, <clears throat> I mean, mine is incredibly flexible. Okay, <clears throat> that's <throat> marvellous. You are <clears throat> Didier Deschamps in that case. <laughs> Indeed. Mine could be 4-2-3-1. Mine could be 4-4-2. Mine could be 4 3 3 we're going uh, with a four-man defence, though, basically. We're not yes, doing a Montpellier uh, here. Uh, yep. Yes, that, yep. would be, that would be certainly my preference. And I think the players I picked for the positions in midfield and up front are flexible enough to play wherever I tell them to play. <laughs> Marvellous. Jeremy, <laughs> same approach, or are you going to throw a three-man defence in here and completely screw all of the... Uh, <laughs> I'm tempted because I'm struggling to... <laughs> well, no, I was going to say because I'm struggling to find decent centre-backs. So oh, that would, that would hamstring, hamstring me. But um, no, I'm not. Uh, it depends on who we end up picking, I think. Right, well, um, let's start at the back, work our way forwards and see how we get to, Okay. <laughs> So, first up, goalkeeper. I'm just going to say my pick first, because I'm the one recording this, Regis Gertner. Jez, who's your pick? Uh, my pick is... My mind's gone blank. I can't remember who I picked. Did um, you not write this down on a post-it no. note, at least? <laughs> yes, and I left it at work. <sighs> um, most improved goalkeeper, Ariola. Most overrated keeper... Um, Mondanda. Uh, I think Leconte has been the best keeper. I think it's you know good competition. There's been a lot of very good keepers this year, but yeah. Leconte just for me. Right. Rich, uh, both Leconte and Gerton have made my shortlist, as unexpectedly and totally biasedly did Thomas Kubek. <laughs> uh, I, I personally, I'm going to go with Ariola. I think he's faced a lot of pressure this season with, okay, so they're going to bring in a, a you know top quality goalkeeper in the summer. I think he is the top quality goalkeeper. I think he's been fantastic this season. I think across the entire season, he's been one of PSG's best players, if not arguably PSG's best player, if you take into account all competitions he's played in. Um, I think he's had a fantastic season. I'd like to see him, if, if we're not going to do it at the World Cup, after the World Cup as France's number two, um, because I think he's terrific and he, PSG definitely need to keep him as number one next season. Right. So I don't know how we do this. Um, my point with Gertner is I, I saw the Okta tweeted a similar stat that I mentioned last week. 76% of shots on target stopped. It's the best by a long way. They're a newly promoted club and they finished comfortably mid-table and he was awesome and he was a very, very big part of that. So, yes, Lecomte, obviously, I have a big thing for because he's a Montpellier player. Ariola has been one of the more likable faces around the PSG, uh, PSG dressing room. But that's why I'm going with Gertner. He had a lot to do and he did it very well. Now... I don't know if we're going to do scissor, paper, stone on this or, or just fight it out on Twitter later and pick one of those. Is anybody going to going to shift their vote to one of the others? I'm not I, budging, I, by the way. I, I, would, I would argue that, that Ari, in favour of Ariola, he has to play behind the worst defence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> purely on the basis that I had Lecomte as my number two uh, and Gertner as three. I would, you know, if I was to be 
diverted away from my first choice, I'd go to my second choice, which was Lecomte. I think he he has been terrific, and 33 goals conceded all season is is a is a fantastic record, and only bettered by <coughs> Ariola. So, Jez, who would your second choice be of the three we've mentioned? Uh, so I can't have Tatarasani. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I mean, well, you know, tell a lie. You could have Tatarasani because it, it would it would depending on what Phil goes for for a second choice. It would then divert to the Lecomte getting the the most number of first and second choice votes. I. You know where my second choice vote is going. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Just because of his because of his Champions League, I know it's not fair because obviously Gertner didn't play in Champions League. But because I think um, Ariola was generally very good in Champions League, I think he would just edge it for me. Okay. Well, I feel bad now, but I am going to stick with Lecomte being my second choice. So we're going to go with him as our goalkeeper. Okay. So right back, uh, Jez. <laughs> Who have you got there? I've got, I know it's a weird choice because he only played half the season, but I think Debussy was so good the second half of the season, um, not just defensively helping to sort of transform Saint-Étienne's season, even going in with a couple of, a couple of goals, um, you know, being really pushing himself back into the, into the France reckoning as well. I just think for impact, um, Again, a few good fullbacks, but or right backs, but no one that really stood out for me. Um, I, th- I think for impact, I'd, I would just uh, give it to him. Okay, Rich. Um, I I would agree. I've got two other names on my list, which I'll I'll keep stum for now until <laughs> until you make your decision. But yeah, for for exactly the same reasons, I think the impact he made. I don't think many of us were expecting too much. With the signing, certainly not to the extent where we were clamouring for his inclusion into the into the World Cup squad. Um, so I think all credit to him, all credit to Saint-Étienne for, for getting the move and making it work. Um, and yeah, he's had, he had a terrific six months. Um, as I say, I've got two other people on my, my short list, but my number one would be Debushi. Okay, well, he was brilliant. I... It's possibly a slightly left field choice, but I want to say Bunasar because he was of a Marseille team that had some issues but did a fabulous job overall through the season. He was, you know, people talk about Luis Gustavo, Florian Torval, and they're right. But Bunasar was another of the players that A, was really trying and B, looked like he knew what he was doing. So despite the fact that he wasn't originally a right back, um, he did really, really well in that role for me. So I would agree with Debushi getting the two votes. So uh, he's in the team, but I just wanted to mention. Yeah, that was, Saar. Saar, Saar, Saar was one of the three. I thought he might be. As well as a, slight, a slightly cheaty one. With Mukiele on there as well, I know. Well, he might he come may, he, up again he, later. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay, so our next pick is left back. Rich, who are you going for there? Uh, purely because I was incredibly impressed with his first season in the top flight with a big club, young player, just you know, just made the step up from leader. I've gone with Ferland Mendy of mm-hmm. Lyon. I think he's had a really strong season. 
Um, yet another on the on the sort of conveyor belt of promising left backs. I'm just hoping that, unlike perhaps two, at least two of the others who were on <laughs> that that uh, that list, he can actually follow through and and make serious progression with his career. Um, but yeah, I've been very very impressed with him all season going forward in defence. Um, I think he's one to keep an eye out on. Definitely, uh, Jez, your pick. Uh, I'm a big fan of Menti, and I definitely think he's um, hopefully one for the for the future for France. Um, I just I just feel like he kept seeming to give away a lot of penalties, and even when he didn't give them away, he possibly should have been. So um, that's my only reservation with him. And I kind of want I know I've got Le Conte in goal, but I wanted to give. Montpellier's defence a bit more props and I've always mm-hmm. been a big fan of Jérôme Roussillon yeah. so I've, I've got him as my left back That's and basically we are in complete agreement because my first pick is Roussillon and my second is Mendy so I think we give that to Roussillon um, injured for the end of the season uh, unfortunately hope he comes back stronger than ever and doesn't leave apart from anything else so um Mendy has definitely impressed a lot, but just in terms of the general balance of his game, yeah, Roussillon has been has been wonderful for a second season. So he gets the spot there. Now, centre backs, Jeremy, you said you were struggling. Mm-hmm. So your pair in the uh, Charnier, who 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 have you gone for? Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm not saying there aren't any good ones I'm saying that there weren't many that really stood out for me um, I think Marcelo is very good for Lyon um, I think Hilton was again just immense my <laughs> um, heart my Kim- my heart oh he's Young. 41 for crying out loud I mean ugh. yeah then there's there's young players like Kimpembe and Nyanyan, who I think are still steadily improving. Kimpembe maybe plateaued a little bit, but you know he still had a, a good season. Marquinhos, I think, um, actually in a way I think is a bit underrated because I still think he performs extremely well considering that often he has to, to carry um, Thiago Silva next to him. Um, Glick again, not quite as good as last year, but I still mm-hmm. think he had a decent season. But none of them really standing out for me, so I'm happy to go with whichever two you choose, as long as Rami isn't in there. Okay, <laughs> Rich, I'm pretty sure Rami won't be in there. So, who are your picks? Uh, it's Adil Rami. Um, <laughs> um, again, I found this 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 was the most troublesome position. I don't think there were many really stellar candidates for centre-back. So I have quite a long list of on my short list, in inverted, inverted commas there. Um, I'd like to give Amiens some representation in my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Debassi, Bukai Debassi, has been a, a really good uh, a part of that defence. He's covered when they played at four at the back, he's played at, at left-back and at centre-back. And when they've moved to three at the back, he's, he's slotted in as the, the left side of the three centre-backs well. Um, I would have him as my left centre back, um, and yeah, really, there's, there's there's a lot of crossover with the names that that, that Jeremy's mentioned. I've had Marcelo Marquinhos mm. on the list, Hilton's on my list. Um, I think Diego Carlos has had a pretty solid season with Nantes, and then I've got my my two Ren boys, 
Um, Yoris Nyanyon and Jeremy Jelan, I think, have, have uh, formed a really good, I mean, pretty inexper- inexperienced pairing, but have performed really, really well. Um, so I, I have to have one of those two in. Um, I tried my best to crowbar both in, but I, I can't make it work. So my, my centre-back pairing would be Debassi of, of Amion and Yoris Nyanyon of, of Ren. Right. And mine, I'm putting Mukieli in as a centre-back because he's played the right side as centre-back in a, in a three. Uh, most of the season when they've gone to a four, he's still been the right centre-back. So he's got some of the best tackle success rates in the in the league, but also a, a great sense of maturity. I mean, he's got Hilton next to him, so that must help. But he's a young guy, but he's really got a good head on his shoulders. So my others, I was havering between Glick and Kimpembe because I think Kimpembe is the promise, he's the future. But if we're going to go with future, I'd, I'd go with Nyanyo. So... If if I pick him as my second, Jez, of those three, uh, where would your where would your casting votes go? Sorry, which three? Well, Rich has picked Debassi and Yanyon. <coughs> I've picked Mukieli and Yanyon. So. So we'll go Yanyon. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Um, I'd I, 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 I'd be happy to to. Forgo Debassi for, for Mukiele. I think he has had a, an excellent season. Um, if, if that helps sway the vote in any way, I think he has, he has had an excellent season. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to give Ami on my representation in mm. my team, but absolutely, I think Mukiele's had an, had an excellent season. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Nice okay. to have a sort of centre-back pairing for the future. Cool. Okay. So, we're moving into midfield. If we're playing a 4-2-3-1, then we've got kind of two guys as the holders, the whatever. How do you want to play this? If I just... Well, you see, I've kind of got three over two positions for a 4-2-3-1, as you, if you see what I mean, um, which are Tange Ndombele of OL, mm-hmm. Elias Shakiri of Montpellier, and Louis Gustavo of OM. Two of those three in those two roles, I'm happy. What what would you think there, Jess? I think that probably the only two names of all of the whole eleven that I've got, the two names that I would come to phys- physical blows to keep in my team are Andombele <laughs> and Louis Gustavo. Okay. I can be argued against anyone. Like, you can convince me against any others that I've picked, but not those two. Okay, so this is basically the the, the bonus ball uh, picks for you. Okay, Rich, are you going to fight Jez? Do I need to hold anybody's coat? No, no, no. I, I totally agree. Gustavo and Ndombele were the first two on my on my team sheet. I, I feel desperately sorry for Lucas Toussaint because I think yeah. that, that midfield trio, he is the forgotten man. Um, and that's just because there has been a, a lengthy list of really good defensive midfielders this season. But I think mm-hmm. what he has done this season with Lyon has been fantastic. So much of the sort of uh, unseen work is done by him that allows the likes of, of R and, and Ndombele to, to gain these kind of plaudits. And it's, it is such a shame that, you know, the, the young player of the season, the UNFP, 
he was the one of the trio that missed out. He's, he's going to miss out on a lot more, unfortunately, but it's not to take anything away from a fantastic season. But it's just that we've got two players above him who have, you know, they're playing at another, another, at another level. So, yeah, Gustavo and Dombele for me. Okay. So, um, but we're all, I think, looking forward to seeing Shakiri doing a fabulous job for Tunisia at the World Cup. Right. So, moving forwards, uh, if we're sticking with the forty-three-one, do we want to do wings first? Number ten. What? What do we do? Right wing or right-sided? Whoever. Yes. Florian Tova. Yeah, got to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got. I have other names on there. Um, I have. Malcolm, I think he has played well, just not consistently enough, unfortunately. Mbappe, mm-hmm. he's, he's had, I think he's followed up his first season. The expectation that was on him, I, I don't think he's disappointed anywhere to the level that I think people feared he might do after such a, an explosive debut. And, and, and funnily enough, just before the podcast, I saw France Football did their um, league on team of the season. And I was a bit worried because I thought I was going to be accused of bi- total and unadulterated biasness, but they had him in their team of the season, and that's Benjamin Borajar Red. Oh. I think he has had a brilliant <laughs> season. Is he going uh, on he, your, your he, shirt? I've seen the, 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 the poll has <laughs> been is, going well. It, 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 yeah, the, the, the poll is over and, and Borajar wins. So, yeah, for my birthday, I will be getting a, a Ren shirt with, with his name. But I just think he, he's... I wanted to chuck his name in. I'm not saying he's more deserving than, than mm-hmm. Tovan, but of course, Borojo has turned up in some of the bigger games for Ren. <laughs> but I, you, you can't argue with the, the stats. Big games aside for Tovan, the stats prove that he has had a phenomenal season. Mm-hmm. I am going to argue with stats when we move to the left wing, though. But okay. I agree on Tovan. Well, in that case, let's move to left wing. Jez, can I argue just, with can stats. I, <laughs> can I just very quickly also mention Dossavi? If we're yes. if we're oh, going to be like third in the assists table, third in the assists for a team that have been relegated since September, let's be honest, <laughs> is very impressive. Yeah. Um, okay, so arguing with stats, everything about stats say that Neymar should be in the team of this season. Mm-hmm. There's just a, something about his season that I feel. I know it goes against the stats, but I feel that in a way he doesn't deserve it. Oh. I think obviously there's lots of parameters when you're deciding how to what to base your your nominees on, but I just feel like PSG would have walked the championship without him. I don't think he made that much difference. Certainly, that he came in to be a difference maker in the Champions League, and he wasn't. I think you know at times he caused more problems than created solutions. Um, Obviously, you know, they used to say if, if you're basing your, your player of the year on the best player in the world, then Maradona would just win it every year, whether he did anything during the season or not. I feel it's a bit like that. If you're basing your team of the season on the best player, then obviously Neymar's going to walk into it. But for all the other, other sort of factors when you're trying to put your team together, I'm not sure that he necessarily deserves a place. Um, so I will extra fittingly replace him with Nolan Rue. (laughs) (laughs) Similarly to Dossavi. Has been doing his best in a team that's been doomed since 
we started. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Rich, your pick. Uh, my pick, uh, left wing still. Yes. Oh, do, 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 do. you see, I've got, I have players on this. I, you can't, I can't not have Neymar on my list. Um, oh, oh, I can definitely not have Neymar on my list. Uh, well, as, everything about it says screams don't have him on the list because I think his attitude this season has been appalling, if I'm perfectly honest. So for that reason, I ruled him out. And the fact, obviously, he's, he's you know, for whatever reasons, uh, I don't know. I just can't get on with him, whatever, for mm-hmm. whatever. I'm sure he's, he can't sleep at night. Nor, can, nor can anyone else. Ronnie uh, <laughs> um, uh, Lopez... I know he's he's played on the right and the left this season, and I think he's had a really good season. What was always going to be a difficult role for him. Um, uh, and who else is on my list? Yeah, I'm uh, cheating slightly, but my my pick, because it's going to be the last time we're going to be able to pick him. I think, and I think he is a he is a really really underrated player, and I'm I'm hoping he does get the the big move this summer. Is I'm going to go for player Alisson Player. Um, yeah. He's he's finished the season, sort of second half of the season, play, playing left wing quite a bit. Slightly peculiar formation that Nice play, but he's got you know an excellent goal ratio. Um, it's been another season that he's not been able to play all the games due to injury, but has still banged in I think sixteen goals. Um, and between him and another uh, uh, centre forward at Nice, who may or may not be coming up a little bit later. I think I came up with it. They came up with about thirty-six of Nice's fifty-three goals, or something crazy like that, this season. So I I play him on my left wing. Um, I know we're all going to end up getting abused because Neymar's not going to be in this team. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to be up in arms. But I, I think you look beyond that and actually look at performances uh, on the whole. Yeah, I've been really impressed. Impressed with player this season. All right. And my pick's Memphis because he just seems to kind of fuck things up when needed to. Uh, 19 goals, couple of hat tricks, couple of turnarounds down to him, good assists. He's, from what he was talked about when he left the Premiership to what he's turned up to be in Ligue 1, I think he's uh, a fun watch as well. So he would be my pick. If we're going to have to go for one of the others, my second choice would be player. Uh, no, who might end up at Mossel next season, but uh, um, I think I agree with Rich about what he said about player and his um, his commitment and his focus and his you know, end product has been really impressive in a slightly strange season for Nice. Jez, would you go with that or are you going to stick to your Roo guns on this one? <laughs> no, I, th- I think that um, it's it's a bit of a theme sort of starting in Debussy and moving forward. There's a lot of players who've had really excellent half seasons and mm. not many that have kept it up the whole season. And a lot of these names um, probably apply to that. But, and Player, I do think, has been very, very good. But I think Depay's, and Lopez, again, a really good 2018, but Depay's 2018, certainly in, in very, basically, I think it's 
He's got 10 goals and six assists in his last nine games, and they were crucial to, to Leon qualifying yep. for the Champions League. So um, I'm, I'm happy with him in the team, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think we, I think with Depay, his is yes, he he struggled. I think in the early parts of the season, but his form has coincided when Leon really needed it, and mm. sort of when the chips were slightly down and it looked like Leon were going to struggle to get into the top four, he was the one I think that took that team by the scruff of the neck and said, "It's all right having you know some some really good promising youngsters, but I've got a bit, I've got a bit of bit of experience, a bit more life experience." I can do this, and basically made that team felt like his own. Mm-hmm. I think. And a tattoo of a lion on his back. <laughs> uh, so if we move on to the number 10 position, the central player uh, just behind the striker, we've not got much time before we have to stop. So, Jez, who have you picked in the number 10 role? Um, again, I was a bit torn. I think sort of a few months into the season Fekir was a shoe-in I don't think he's been so good the second half but um and then sort of Payet's taken over and had a very good last couple of months um I could cheat again and put Ronnie Lopez there as well um I he just... plays everywhere it's not a cheat yeah, it's exactly. just what he does I'm just gonna give it to Fekir but I'm not 100% convinced with my own choice Okay, Rich, how um, convinced yeah, are you? It, it came down to three for me. It came down to Fekir, came down to Payet, and came down to uh, Hussam mm-hmm. I think he has obviously had a really you know, strong breakthrough season. We're going to see a bit more consistency from him, I think, next season. So I think for that basis, I'd probably put him as my third. Payet has been, he's been fantastic. You can't knock the form he's been in. Um, I just question where was that form in the first part of the season because if that had happened, Marseille wouldn't have finished fourth. Um, and so for, I think, as looking at the season as a whole, yes, I know it was a little bit interrupted with injury. Yeah, I'd, I'd go Fekir. Okay. And I I would too. My other choice was actually Naim Slitty from Dijon who we're also hoping to see at the World Cup, again, for Tunisia. I think Tunisia might be more fun than people are expecting. Um, but, yeah, I think it has to be Fakir just for the... Having adapted to what happened previously. It's like when I saw that he was kind of being played on the wing for France. It's like, Jesus, don't, don't do that. He doesn't do that anymore. He's through the middle. He's... Maybe not as fast as he used to be, but he's much more measured. He's much more um, intelligent in what he does with the ball. So Fekir is a number 10. I prefer reference to him as a winger than all the Liverpool ones yesterday calling him a midfielder. (laughs) Well, yes, but they've got Fabinho now and frankly he can... Defensive midfielder come right back is a slightly strange situation, but then they have James Milner who plays just basically anywhere. So I'm sure it'll work out. It'll be fine. So our main finishing position, striker. Our striker. Uh, Jez? I, much as it pains me to say it, I think you can't look much further than Cavani but there's some very good candidates missing out. Obviously, Rue, you could have him as a centre-forward. Um, Tokoe Akambi has had an amazing season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
I don't think PSG would have won the league without Cavani, um, depending on obviously on who would be there instead. Uh, I think Angers would definitely have gone down without Tokoyev mm-hmm. can be. I think... 40% Dijon- of their goals. 17 out of 42. I, mean, um, I, I think both of Dijon strikers, Quan and Tavares, have both mm-hmm. been excellent. Um, so other very good candidates, Falcao, as Richard earlier, had a very good first half of the season. Um, at times it did feel a little bit like he was carrying Monaco in the first few weeks. Um, but... Uh, it is hard to look past Cavani. Rich, have you got your uh, glasses on? <laughs> I, I'm 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 Cavani as well. I think his his work ethic for that team. Um, I think there's a lot of people in that PSG team that could really learn a thing or two from him. Um, but yeah, Toko Kambe, brilliant season. Mm-hmm. Mariano Diaz plugged away. I know you yep. ended up on the bench towards the end of the season. And I think Balotelli as well. I think mm. you know he finished with. A career high for goals in a season. I think he's he's matured a great deal. He's had a terrific season. It's his last season um, with Nice, so wish him well and and hopefully you know great to see him back in the Italy setup as well on the back of that strong season with Nice and got a goal as well um, on his recall. So it, all things are good with Balotelli. I think he's he's his time in France will be looked on very fondly as a time that he grew up, matured, and ultimately became a better player. But you can't, numbers-wise, you just can't argue that, that, that Cavani deserves it. Hmm. Well, I am going to slightly argue, but I mean, you've already got the casting vote. So it is Cavani, but I am going to say Carl Toko Akambi because, because doing that job in a team that scores that few goals <laughs> is, like I say, 40% of the goals uh Oh, if, he, if you're going on impact, it's, it's yeah. him without, without a shadow of a doubt. And that, to me, is an important, um, an important kind of view to take on that, that if he wasn't there, as Jess said, I mean, they'd be screwed. I mean, because you get somebody else who might get eight, nine, whatever. He's been absolutely brilliant. He's been very consistent. He's going to get a big money move we presume which will also help Angers because having a bit of money in the bank particularly if it does come from the premiership which tends to overpay for things is going to help them in um, solidifying their situation um, going forward so our pick there is Cavani so let's just run over this in goal we've got Benjamin Lacan right back Mathieu Debouchy centre backs Joris Nyanyan and Nordi Mukieli left back Joao Moussion DMs Tanguy Ndombele and Luis Gustavo on the right Florian Tovau on the left Memphis Depay in the middle Nabil Fekir and up front Edison Cavani sounds good doesn't it that that sounds pretty good I think uh, I'll, I'll make a little uh, visual for that, hopefully, which will go up with the, uh, with the pod when we, when we publish. So look out for that, and we'll be sharing that on social media. Obviously, we've got France playing against Italy on Friday, um, which will be an interesting game. We've got a couple of too long games with um, the chaps playing Scotland and then uh, Togo before we speak next. And also the women's Coupe de France. Um, again, possibly bet on Leon on that one. 
So anything else you want to, to bring to the table before we, we call it quits, Rich? No, no, all good. All, all good. good. Jez, how are you? Yep. No, very well, thanks. <laughs> Marvellous. So thank you for listening, everybody. If you have any questions about uh, France at the World Cup, the squad, the setup, the, the, the myth, the weather, whatever, uh, do send them in either on Twitter or as a comment under the article this is published in, and we will speak to you again next week. <laughs>